excited. Hi everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of the Legal Wolf podcast which was set up to raise awareness of and tackle the stigma surrounding mental health not only in the UK where I'm based but around the world. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Yasmin who is a mental health advocate. Hi Yasmin. Hi thank you so much for being here I'm so excited. You're very welcome and to start with, just for the listeners, would you be able to provide a bit of background about who you are and why you're so passionate about mental health? Yeah, sure, of course. Um, well, I'm uh, currently based in Paris. I guess that's how you found me. Yeah. Uh, but I'm originally from Sweden and, uh, and most of my life I lived in Sweden. Uh, I currently uh, work as a project manager in the government sector wow. with uh, 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 rural development. Uh, so uh, uh, I'm not directly in my profession working at, uh, towards mental health in, in, in some way, but um, uh, on my on my in my private life, it's a very very important uh, important. Um, yeah, it's an important part of my life to to minimize stigma around mental health. I mean, that's something I feel it's getting better, but there's still work to be done. Uh, I don't really consider it work. It's just, you know, when you feel passionate about something, yeah. it just comes naturally. So the reason why I'm so passionate about it is because I experienced mental illness myself. Mm-hmm uh mental you know wouldn't say disabilities but it, it disorders because it has affected my life uh negatively uh i've gone through depression i've gone through severe social anxiety and it's re- you know it really has affected uh my 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 ability to 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 live my life in in, in a normal way but also enjoying it yeah. um so it has definitely kind of thrown me into, you know, this, this, this world of, of trying to kind of inspire or, or support others uh, like me, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's a bit about me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and in terms of your personal story, of struggles with mental health. Um, how has COVID affected that, particularly with the social anxiety? So initially at the start of COVID, were you quite relaxed and content that you could stay indoors? Well, um, I mean, currently, I'm at a good place. I worked, sort of worked on myself, uh, uh, but also, you know, I'm, 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 I'm seeing a good doctor. I found a good medication and, um, you know, it's been a journey. So, uh, currently I'm, I'm not affected much, uh, about this, but I think um there are definitely um difficulties 
for people with social anxiety uh, during COVID. I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a, lots of forums, Facebook forums as well, you know, where I interact and, and speak, you know, to other people with social anxiety. And I told you about last time that we met that uh, even though it's difficult for some, there's also some people that says, you know what, this is the normal way of life for us. You know, finally, <laughs> the rest of the world are experiencing what we're experiencing. You know, we don't really want to go out. We're really, you know, we don't really want to meet people. And now we actually have a valid excuse to kind of, you know, uh, turn turn an event down and don't come for a party or or don't, you know, go for a meeting uh, when we don't want to, because people will really, they will understand. They will be like, you know, yeah, yeah, it's COVID. We understand you, <clears throat> that you are a bit, you know, uh, conscious about that, a bit careful. Okay, okay, I understand, you know. So uh, in a way, we're enjoying this, I think. Yeah, yeah. They're Cause... both good and bad, for Yeah, because sure. when obviously talking to you now i wouldn't have thought that you would suffer with social anxiety you come across bubbly chatty probably the life and soul of the party um yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 for sure i mean i totally get that i'm i'm hearing you sound like uh, clear um i get this a lot yeah uh and uh, there is some kind of uh, myth uh, uh, or like a misconception that everyone with social anxiety are shy and, you know, uh, don't take space. And, you know, the, when the anxiety was really severe, mm-hmm. I become that person too. You know, you get mm-hmm. paralyzed, you don't know what to say, you get total blackouts. Mm-hmm. And, and you really don't want to be the center of attention. But then there's a lot of people who use kind of being social and outgoing as a sort of defense mechanism, yeah. because that is what kind of the, the society values, you know, people who are outgoing and have a, lots of um, self-confidence. So you think like, yeah, if I'm like this, no one will judge me. No one will kind of ask you, hey, why, why don't you say something? Because then you get this unwanted attention that when the social anxiety kicks in, it's the last thing that you you want. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I, for a long time, I've been very social and outgoing for the wrong reasons, you could say, for, for very uncomfortable reasons. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't enjoyed being the center of attention, but still I am. But as mentioned earlier, I'm, I am in a better place now. And, and I've realized that my kind of native energy, like who, my true self, where I feel like I've gotten to know more and more yeah. since, you know, go do that inner work or whatever you want to say. And uh, that is who I am. So... Right now, as we speak right now, I'm completely comfortable with this. Yeah, I was a little bit nervous, but I think, you know, that's on a normal kind of 
nervousness level, anxiety level. I think most people would get a little bit nervous, you know, being interviewed or recorded for a podcast or, you know, doing a presentation. I think that's, it's normal, but, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I get nervous before every episode that I record and it doesn't matter if it's the first one or the 50th one. I will probably still get nervous before I record a podcast episode. And yeah. it it was interesting how you said that at times you can be the centre of attention when you don't want to be. How do you deal with that at that particular moment in time when the light is on you but you really don't want the light to be on you so how do you deal with that um well you know i try to kind of be well let's say like this social anxiety what goes on in your mind first of all yeah first of all you uh, you start thinking uh, you know self-critical thoughts yeah. You know, they're looking at me, I, they think I'm weird, you know, I'm not saying anything, so I should say something and, you know, be funny, be interesting, you know, stuff like that. And and there's a bully, you know, if, if a friend would sit next to you and be like, hey, you know, say something like, why are you so, so quiet? People must think you're stupid. You know, of course, you would be like, oh, shit, really? You know, because you, you know what? on some level, like most people with social anxiety know that they are being ridiculous. Uh, like in the sense that they know that these thoughts aren't really real, but the physical symptoms, like you get paralyzed, you get blackouts, you, 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 you get into some kind of reality where people are just staring at you and like, it feels so real then. Um, so, you know, I've, I've kind of developed over the years some sort of kindness to myself where this self-critical bully in my mind diminishes more and more. Uh, it's not like, you know, in front of the people like that I start talking to myself like, hey, it's okay, you know, <laughs> because then it would be weird. <laughs> then I would probably get judged. But... Uh, I would judge myself, like, who is this crazy person? But I kind of silently, you know, I do kind of, maybe I, I, I caress my hand, or like, you know, sending some kind of signal that, you know, it's okay. You know, it's okay to be quiet, you know, it's okay to to feel this way. It's valid, and I I, I know that I'm, I have these anxiety attacks, and, and, you know, it's not my fault. Um, and the more you kind of start talking to yourself as a loving, loving friend or loving uh, parent, you could say, uh, the anxiety lessens a bit and you can kind of endure this, uh, difficult situation. And, and also it gets easier to kind of challenge yourself, uh, and up, you know, in the future to do this again because you know that you're not gonna beat yourself up uh which is actually the thing that scares us most you know is how not really what people say in a way what really hurts us is ourselves you know 
the, the thoughts that we do, the uh, create and 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 the time spent, you know, uh, being being really anxious about this event and mm -hmm. all the time we spend afterwards just reflecting on all the things we that went bad, the things we should have said, things who could have gone yeah. better, you know, that is the that is what is really really hard when you have social anxiety and it's how much you beat up yourself yeah i mean yeah i beat myself up mentally not physically obviously um on a regular basis and so for instance we did a, a global event recently on zoom called mental health challenge the global stigma and from about the afternoon before the day of the event, I started to get very, very anxious about it. Um, then when, when I woke up on the day of the event, I didn't really feel like my normal self because the anxiety was still there. It was getting worse and worse and worse until the actual event. And then when you start speaking at the event, it then relaxes you in a weird sort sort of way. Um, now, obviously, with COVID-19 and we've been indoors in lockdown for a prolonged period of time, when we eventually start to ease out of lockdown, and I don't know what the position is in France, but the position over here in the UK is now we're starting to come out of lockdown. It's kind of a transition period whereby people are slowly getting back to some kind of normal, in quotation marks, um, because I think people are obviously going to be scared to go out. When someone offers their hand for you to shake, you're thinking, well, do I shake it? Do I not shake it? If I don't shake <laughs> it, I'm being rude. Um, so there's so many different thoughts that people have to deal with. Yeah. What's the position like in, in France? Uh, are you fearing possibly after COVID that there's going to be a mental health pandemic on the horizon? Um, yeah, first of all, in Paris, right now, actually, currently, um, I'm in Sweden. I'm at home because uh, for personal reasons, mm -hmm. my grandfather he passed away mm -hmm. uh, two weeks ago. So I'm kind of here to kind of... Uh, uh, make sure that you know the funeral is is, is set and 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 uh, you know all the practicalities around uh, a death of a loved one. So, uh, you know, as you know, like with COVID, things happen very rapidly. So I'm not really updated on like what is the situation today in Paris, yeah. but I know uh, that uh, Macron uh, stated that. Uh, 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 a three-week or four-week lockdown. Sure. Uh, it didn't really mean a mean a huge difference from from earlier previous uh, time. Um, basically, you're allowed to to move around uh, within a, a radius of ten kilometers from your home, which is basically the whole of Paris. So, I mean, I we would just walk around. <laughs> Nor normally like normal 
Uh, I have my personal opinions about this kind of decision, um, but we don't have to go into that right now. Um, but it's pretty open. Uh, they also extended uh, the curfew from uh, 6 onwards till 7 p.m. onwards. Mm -hmm. So we are able to move around within our city of 10 kilometers radius between 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. So people can, you know, get around and, and move around uh, with their normal uh, activities. But there is a rise. Uh, I think France is really suffering from uh, a huge statistics and it's it's just uh, increasing. Uh, I don't know if the effects of this lockdown has resulted in a decrease. Uh, but I mean, this this is the reason why uh, they are extending these lockdowns. And he did actually not promise, but he was giving some kind of hope that oh, maybe in mid of May we will kind of open up uh, restaurants to sit outside in the sun. But then I heard from 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 others that he promises this all the time. It never happens. And I'm like, oh shit. Uh, I've been in Paris just three months, so I. You know, I'm that, you know, I'm Swedish, so I'm, I'm that douchebag that haven't really experienced lockdown, <laughs> the rest of the world. So, so in a way, like this first lockdown in Paris, I was like, whoa, what an experience, you know, I get an experience of lockdown, people are like, you suck, you know. <laughs> And it's not even a real lockdown, you know, you you can still move around. I mean, I, I can't imagine how it felt, you know, when you, you had this 24-hour lockdown and you couldn't really go out mm -hmm. unless necessary and it must have been awful. Uh, so, I mean, as you know, Sweden, as mostly uh, the rest of the world know, Sweden is kind of doing a different strategy and it's still open. Yeah. I mean, People are going around to cafes, and but we have become a little bit more strict now. The politicians are really sending the message that don't meet anybody else than the people we live with. And, but people really don't give a shit. They just, you know, they keep doing whatever they're doing. And I also kind of got that impression in, in, in Paris that uh, Parisians are, you know, not really caring. Uh, they just, you know, I see a lot of people outside and, uh, and I think you need to put restrictions, uh, in Paris, uh, because otherwise people will just continue doing what they're doing. I mean, for example, if they didn't close the cafes or restaurants, uh, to sit indoors, I think people would do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think people would do it. And when it comes to the mental health part, I definitely think that we're already in a in a mental health pandemic. Uh, it's okay. it's not a matter of that this will happen post COVID. It's it's happening now, you know. Yeah. So the pandemic has resulted in a another pandemic. Yes, which I don't think any government has planned for a mental health pandemic. Because they've been so fixated and focused on planning how to deal with coronavirus. And it, it, it's as if they've forgotten 
about people's mental health and well-being and the impact that covid will have had on everyone's mental health and yet i think you're absolutely right that there is a silent mental health pandemic that is here with us now and when the governments of countries finally realize that it's going to be too late to really do anything about it or make real change with it which leads into the next topic that I would like to discuss about mental health stigma and how we can normalize the conversation around it now obviously there are a variety of ways that we can normalize the conversation by having more people talk about their lived experiences by educating people in in schools and also through film and and tv what are your thoughts on how we can reduce the stigma and normalize the conversation around mental health i mean we're doing it right now with this podcast right uh i think it's about kind of uh not being afraid to talk about it um because if we don't talk about it we're not seen and then how are people supposed to you know uh have knowledge about this and 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 reduce the stigma around it Uh, and even self-stigma self-stigma in the sense that uh even i you know suffered from it that you know oh i must be crazy and and and, you know i shouldn't take medicine i should be able to to get through this on myself i should just toughen up you know Mm -hmm. so it's good also for people who actually experience mental illness to reduce the stigma for themselves um and on my free time, I actually work as a mental uh, health ambassador for an organization. So it's it's my kind of duty, you could say, or my 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 assignments uh, is that I I ha- I should I thought I should I want to share my story, a bit like I'm doing now, uh, but as kind of lectures, you know, more structurally speaking, that I'm being, you know. Uh, uh, hired or whatever by schools or workplaces or you know whatever have you to talk about my story and 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 it has uh, this you know the organization that I'm working for uh, called uh, Jan Kol. Uh, it will be difficult to to spell in uh, or uh, <laughs> pronounce it in English, but uh, when you read it, but it's a really good organization. They they they're their vision is, or their, uh, what they do is basically that they train uh, people with experience of mental illness or people who have experienced being loved ones or are loved ones to people with mental illness to share their story. And they, they say it has shown to have an effect, you know, to, to reduce stigma. It has a very positive effect to, with storytelling. People can relate better than uh, maybe showing statistics and you know even even if that's great too uh but um what was i gonna say yeah and the, the, the what you talked about uh high schools for example i've actually recently recorded a short film where i tell my story 
yet again uh, that will be shown to high schools hopefully around Sweden it's in Swedish unfortunately so we can't spread it internationally but it's an initiative done by this organization that I work for so I talk about my experience of social anxiety during my high school years Mm -hmm. and there are other uh, ambassadors who speak about their disorders. It could be autism, it could be, you know, but it's focused on the high school years. So I'm very passionate about education and to educate, you know, the younger generation because they will be the future uh, leaders of this world. And, you know, they might understand from an early age that this is an important subject and uh, already at that age if it's you know the stigma is reduced i am seeing excellent uh, an excellent and brighter future for us definitely so yeah reducing the stigma by by openly talking about it yeah. uh in so many ways you know the, the the more you talk about it the better but i don't believe in preaching i don't believe in shaming yeah I don't believe in like, oh, you guys should know that this and that, uh, like we are suffering and we're going through this. I mean, a lot of people do that. And I, 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 I understand where this anger is coming from. Like, I'm also angry a lot of the time about like the, the ignorance sometimes that you yeah. come across, like, um, you know, you should take, you don't, you shouldn't take medicine. You know, it's not for everyone. I, I agree. And sometimes the healthcare system is a little bit reckless about prescribing, you know, and maybe that's not the first thing you might should do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many different kinds of treatments out there. Yeah. But, there, you know, I get a lot that, oh, you're taking medication. You know, just be yourself. You don't have to take medication, you know, to you know, do some natural therapy and like, Dude, you haven't experienced mental illness, have you? Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not about, like, you can't accept yourself. It's about, uh, yeah, it's about that. There's this psychological, definitely, obviously, component. But you can't function. You can't function normally. Mm-hmm. I mean, it screws up your life. That is the thing that that is difficult. Yeah. It's not about really that we hate ourselves. Uh and don't accept ourselves because society says something. So, yeah. uh, damn, I keep talking. This is what I do, right? I just, I just talk. I get so excited. I talk, you know, all that, and then I'm like, wait, what was the question? No, no, that's that's absolutely fine. <laughs> be- because one of the things that I've noticed is that there seems to be a distinction between physical health and mental health. And we talk about physical health so differently to mental health. And just because you can't see it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And I think that is where awareness needs to be raised so for instance over in the uk we have blue badges for disabled people and they've been there for people with physical health illnesses and ailments for years but i think it was only very recently about 2018 when it came into force that if you had a mental health 
difficulty, then you can apply for a blue badge. And initially, if this individual got a blue badge, they parked in a priority parking bay, they get out of the car, they walk normally. And people automatically think that with a blue badge in the UK, you need to have something wrong with you physically. Whereas, no, it's not just physical. And this is where we need to get the conversation around mental health to the same level as we talk about phys physical health. So, for instance, um, if you're off work for physical health reasons, people will send you a card saying get well soon. Or if you're a, a kid who's broke his arm, you go and get a cast, you go back to school. When you're back at school, everyone thinks you're Superman. And they all run over yeah. with a biro to sign your cast. Um, but with mental health, if you say, oh, I've just received treatment because I'm suffering with X, Y, Z, people start to clam up, they get sweaty palms, they don't know how to talk about it, which probably is because they don't know what to say because they haven't been educated in <clears throat> in what to say. So, for instance, the most common phrase that people use and I use it a lot, along with everybody else, is they say, how are you? And the most common response to that question is, I'm fine, smile, end of conversation, move on to the next one. <laughs> um, whereas I, I was talking to someone in New Zealand <clears throat> a few weeks back who said that we could probably start the conversation by saying, where are you on a scale of 1 to 10? That, in, yeah. that that individual re replies with, oh, I'm feeling like a, a three or a four. Then the automatic follow-up question to that, to me at least, would be, well, why are you a three? And how can we get you up to a five or six? And then you can start to have a more detailed conversation and people might feel more comfortable opening up. But it's getting that awareness out there, really, through... I imagine education is the number one thing. But you've also got film and TV who carry a large audience. Yeah. How do you feel that mental health is perceived on the film and TV front? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm laughing because, I mean, it depends also on the disorder, I guess. Yeah. I mean... Uh, depression you know whatever is you know normal depression or whatever uh is less stigma stigmatized today i feel um i've actually seen a few uh, like a tv series or like film where the 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 main character suffering from depression or maybe suffering from some kind of anxiety anxiety you know it's talked about a lot actually but anxiety is a little bit vague like what kind of anxiety like yeah. you know you don't really know what that means but i guess that's not the the the, the main mission and, and responsibility of the film industry uh to 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 point that out but I've definitely seen a few of those where where it becomes normalized in, in a way. But then there's the more the more stigmatized 
disorder still, which is like schizophrenia and and and, and you know manic disorder, like mania and bipolarity and 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 you know stuff like that, paranoia and. <laughs> When that is portrayed in films, you know, it's normally, you know, murderers or, you know, crazy, sociopathic, you know, even sociopath, uh, this, uh, sociopathy and, 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 and psychopathy is, is also, you know, mental, regarded as mental disorders in some way. So, but it's just portrayed in a very, you know, scary weird way that these people are just insane and that they are dangerous and you know and that's not true it's not true these can be completely normal functioning uh individuals uh you know being part of society and you know with the right treatment or whatever and you know it can be anyone it can be someone walking past on the street It, it can even be like uh you know acquaintance you don't really know their story and it's also invisible in a way many times yeah Um, so if i ask you a question and it's not a trick question what's the first film that you think of regarding mental health um you mean like uh, portraying a mental disorder or something yeah well the first movie that came to my mind actually when you brought this up was split have you seen that one? Um, James McAvoy, when he plays yeah. uh, oh, split personality disorder, isn't it that one? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And he's a kidnapper. He kidnaps these girls, and yep. you know he has all these personalities. Uh, where he's like a you know young kid of five years old, and then he's an mm-hmm. old woman. Yep. Uh, that's <laughs> you know he has all these. You know, very, very uh, funny characters in a way, but it put, you know, he is the bad guy. You know, he's a kidnapper, he's dangerous, yeah. he's, uh, he, he kills, you know, and, and uh, yeah, you know, it's a very cruel way to portray this, but I also understand the, the movie industry, you know, it's supposed to be uh, filled with action and and you know it's it, it's it's more interesting to have like this kind of dark character with you know split personalities and you know than uh, you know a guy who's just living uh, his normal life with or actually yeah. I could watch that kind of movie that I mean, would be a fun movie you I know mean, right yeah like a normal guy going about his life and then he suddenly you know he's he's in a maybe work interview and suddenly he becomes the the, the, the five-year-old in him and but maybe i'm stigmatizing this too you know uh, maybe that's not how it happens right and i think that is something to be acknowledged as well we're here uh kind of talking about uh, minimizing the stigma of mental health mm-hmm. but we should also be humble to to understand that we don't know everything we don't know all mental disorders and we could also maybe stigmatize you know Uh, i remember not saying too long ago you know i had a friend who 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 kind of um is very 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 neat and very very particular with you know uh color um uh, what how do you say um very color coordinated color coordinating her clothes you know very 
really, you know, need to, and I'm like, you know, I just said something uh, like really stupid, like, oh, you know, I sometimes have OCD too, you know, about stuff. And like, OCD, what? You know, and I catch myself and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty relaxed about those things. Uh, should it kind of beat me up or saying something like that or shame myself? But it happens, you know, they, we say stuff like that and people get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but being humble enough, you know, it's okay that you do it, I feel, but it's like, you know, by accident or whatever, but being, being aware enough and, and humble enough to realize that, yeah, shit, maybe, maybe I stigmatized, you know, maybe I don't have, you know, all the knowledge to, to, to be able, you know, shouldn't say these things maybe because yeah. I might be wrong. I think we all stigmatize unconsciously we don't mean to say it just comes out and then when you've said it you immediately think why on earth did I say that yeah. <laughs> um, and I think everyone is culpable of, of that I, I mean moving back to, to films and portraying mental health in a good light have you seen Last Christmas. Oh man, Last Christmas! I, I definitely the the name. I, I, yeah, I've heard of it, but I'm not. Sure. No, I don't think I've watched it actually. Because that's that's supposed... it's about Christ, Christmas, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, but that is supposed to be a good film that was recommended to me by a previous guest, along with Social Dilemma on netflix which, yeah, yeah, yeah. which i haven't seen because i'm don't have a netflix subscription i must be <laughs> one of the only people in the uk that doesn't because everyone seems to watch stuff on netflix and then you've got it's covid man what do you do all day <laughs> me uh work and watch amazon prime and sky cinema <laughs> Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I guess yeah, there are other options. I mean, there's a stigma around Netflix too. Everyone's watching Netflix, you know. They are really getting good, uh, good advertising. You know, HBO. Yeah. Nobody says HBO and chill. You no, know. No. <laughs> um, that, that that is very true. The most common phrase is probably Netflix and chill. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, yeah, what did you do today? You know, I, without sidetracking too much, you just uh, parenthesis that, you know, I'm going, uh, uh, I'm, I'm uh, on this uh, French course, I'm, I'm, I'm learning French. Um, and, you know, every day the, the, the teacher asks, like, oh, so to tell, what did you do last night uh, and, and today, you know, before the class? And I swear to God, like 60, 70% of the uh, students most of the time says like uh, regardé Netflix, which means like I, I watch Netflix <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean that's what we you know most people do uh, all day nowadays um, yeah, yeah yeah true yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I mean another film that portrays mental health very well is A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe yeah yeah yeah, um, but what is your ideal future vision 
as to how mental health is perceived, Yasmin? Well, I would like to see more, you know, normal characters in cinema. You know, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a murderer who has paranoia. So, you know, just a normal guy or a girl kind of living their life, but but being able to function, but they're struggling with mental health or, you know, maybe a darker movie where they are really, really in a rut and, uh, you know, hopefully get their, you know, get out of it. Um, could be a comedy too, you know, it's, it's, yep. I think, uh, I mean, a lot of people experience this, but the movie industry has this powerful effect that we should not underestimate. It's like, they kind of put, you know, in our mind and society and kind of, you know, shape society, what is normal and what is not. I mean, for example, you know, not too long ago, we saw only white people on the screen. And I mean, that's not a reflection of reality at all. I mean, and now they're kind of, you know, they're hiring people of different races and different cultures and, mm -hmm. and, 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 for example, gay people uh, are being, you know, uh, in, uh, having roles uh, and, and it's about them and, and movies and so forth. And, you know, it strikes me, I watched a, a series not too long ago, you know, for example, that there was this gay guy uh, in, in, the, in the film and, you know, it wasn't much around the fact that he was gay because I think that could also happen like, oh, mm -hmm. he's gay and now we should kind of look at his gayness or whatever, <laughs> shine a light on that. But, but, you know, more seeing him as a normal person. And, you know, he's just showing up with his boyfriend and, 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 but the story is just like, it's about something else, you know, it's about, it's a completely other plot. It's just an element that is so, um, you know, finely, very smoothly put in there yeah. that people kind of subconsciously understand, you know, that, Hey, this, this is normal. This is life. Um, I, I catch myself, you know, sometimes, uh, like, oh, uh, like, there's a gay guy, or there's a, you know, <laughs> there, you know, it's, it's crazy how there's so much, yep. um, what do you call it, judgment yes. uh, within yep. us. Yep. It doesn't, you know, when we get these these thoughts when they come up and these reactions, it doesn't have to be the truth. It's just how we are kind of programmed yeah. through society. So there will, for most people initially, be this kind of a little bit racist, a little bit, you know, discriminating thought. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you are, but it's just True. that how it was automatized in our minds. And, you know, if this is done more and more, that uh, integrating more like men, people with mental health disorders are, are just living a normal life, uh, but having it. Uh, it could be circulated on the mental health, but it could be circulated, as I said, about something else, but they are actually yeah. living with this too. Yeah. Uh, is how I think it will have a powerful effect on us as a society to normalize this yeah definitely i would probably like us to be kinder towards people be less judgmental 
because we do it all the time, particularly me as a lawyer, we're known for it. As soon as we see someone, we make our mind up probably within the first 20, 30 seconds of seeing someone. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think it's trying to stop judging a book by its cover and being non-judgmental towards people who do suffer with poor mental health. Um, th that would be my hope, that it is normalised to an extent whereby we talk about mental health like we talk about physical health. Yeah. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a number of years for us to get to that stage. But that is the stage that hopefully we will get to. And I think COVID has allowed people to stop, take a step back and actually breathe. Because before COVID, everyone was running around like a blue arse fly, me included, in the car, going from one place to the other to the other. You are constantly on the go. And COVID has literally told everyone to just stop and re-evaluate re things. And now, obviously, there's probably going to be future discussions about work-life balance um, and maybe living differently. It probably won't go back to how it was before COVID, but we could take what we've learned throughout COVID and just develop that even further. So, for instance... I wouldn't have an, an opportunity to start this podcast and talk to people in Sweden, Fiji, New Zealand, because I would have been that busy, wrapped up in my own job, that I wouldn't have had time to do what I'm now doing. Uh, and I always like to finish on a fun question. Um, <laughs> now, this question is going to be, if you could sit down with one person for one night and they can be dead or alive, fiction, non-fiction, inspirational or whoever it may be, who hmm. would you want to sit down with and why? Oh, man. Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> oh. Um, well... You know, as I, as I said earlier, I mean, I feel that my native energy is very social. I love connecting with people. And I, I can actually, I think I can speak for a lot of people with social anxiety, uh, that people have this very inherited drive to connect. Uh, there's this genuine drive to want to connect with people. So I... I, I <laughs> it's such a boring answer, but I, I really enjoy connecting with anyone. I think there is a very interest, interesting story behind most people. Of course, there's some people you have more fun with and connect with more than others. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's normal. It's a personality thing. But like, you know, some, some, anyone, anyone. Wow. So many interesting people out there. Uh, to talk for a whole night. I mean, I would probably want to choose someone that, you know, uh, close friend of mine or someone is you know someone who's 
who I have fun with, who I can laugh with, but at the same time, who enjoys deep talks. And, and luckily for me, I have friends and, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, people around me that I could really enjoy that. I, I, I don't have this, well, you know, wish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let me ask a different question then. If um, there was a film made about your life yeah who would you want to play you if (laughs) oh shit (laughs) uh someone who's won an oscar for sure (laughs) (laughs) leonardo dicaprio definitely i want him to play me (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) um maybe holly berry Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. What I'm thinking is like, oh, who kind of looks like me? Who kind of? Because obviously, like, it would be nice to have. I mean, it would be weird if there's someone who doesn't look like me. Yeah. You know, I then yeah. Or for example, yeah, if Leonardo DiCaprio would play uh, a woman, I mean, it could. Yeah, you could do that. Of course, it would be a little yeah. bit comical, but. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Halle Berry, she's one hell of an actor and she's hot. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> she's good looking. I would definitely would want someone who's good looking playing me. Um, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I guess I have to go with her. I mean, uh, I don't know if she's out of business. Like, I haven't seen her on the screen for ages now. Like, is, has she retired or something? I think didn't she recently get married? Yeah, maybe. Ah, uh, so uh, well, yeah, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm I maybe sure. I won't be able to check with her then. Maybe she's like, dude, I'm I'm retired, so you have to find somebody else. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sure she would come out of retirement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a fun question. Well. I'd just like to finish by saying it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and I'm sure the listeners will have found Thank it you. insightful and informative. So once again, thank you for agreeing to be a guest on the Legal Wolf podcast, Yasmin. Thank you so much. I'm so I'm so happy that you, you found me on LinkedIn and you know it's it's amazing how social media can can connect people and you know, from the start, I was so excited about this. So thank you so much. It's a privilege. 